Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Of Two Minds. I'm joined here by my good buddy, Walter. How you doing, Walter? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. How's life treating you? Oh, another day in paradise. Oh, I totally agree. Another day, another stay at home in the coronavirus quarantine times. That's right. I, I, I mean, I'm adjusting slowly to our new online based school and life and everything. It's not going awful, but I definitely do miss going to class and you know, functioning as a normal human. I don't know if I necessarily miss going to class. I mean, at this point, I'm just ready to be done. Yeah, it's kind of a, an opportune time for you because you can, you know, relax a little bit in your last couple couple weeks. But at the same time, I don't know, do you care about not being able to walk, possibly? Hmm, it doesn't really bother me. You're, you're kind of chill. Would you prefer I... if they just canceled it or if they moved it back? Well, they've already said they're going to postpone and they're going to do virtual, so I'm not doing the virtual. Unless, um, someone was, I think Sean was telling me that he's seen that some schools have actually been doing virtual, like in Minecraft. Like they built like a little thing in Minecraft and all the players join in and... Oh my gosh, that's insane. <laughs> if they did something like that, I'd be right there. I'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I've heard people do Zoom stuff too. They'll just all get on and, and do stuff. See, I don't know if I'm going to actually do that or not. I have yet. I'll wait and see what they're going to do. Yeah. If but, I were graduating, I wouldn't really worry about it because I'm not really one to, to care. But I get why like people work hard. I know you were saying this a couple weeks ago. People work hard. They deserve to, to walk if they want to. Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm hoping that they just push it back maybe in summer, beginning of next semester or something like that for yeah. us to actually walk. Because I would like... I mean, I have, it's been five years now and I'm just about done, so. Yeah, it's, you want Would be nice. Yeah, I can't say as I blame you. So, yeah. Uh, so, what are we I'm talking sorry. about today, Walter? I know we're going to discuss online classes a little bit later and tips and how we're doing and how we're not doing. But, what's our topic for today? Now, we're going to go through the basics of the female reproductive system. Okay, so this kind of came out of our idea from. An episode we made last episode, which is two weeks ago, because we were talking about you and your new lot in life of being a dad soon, and we figured it's what a better time to talk about this than now. Right, fits right in. Yeah, it does. Plus, it takes people's minds. We're still going to talk about the coronavirus a little bit, but this takes people's minds off of that onto something that's hard science that's been here a lot longer than the coronavirus. So, a little sense of normalcy, I guess. <laughs> So yeah, all right, so so the female reproductive system, and we'll cover the male someday, maybe, if we feel like it. I don't know, how do you feel about that? That doesn't bother me, we can do the male. <laughs> doesn't really bother me either. I try to have a very low, bothersome amount in life, because I realize that with my path in life, I'm going to have to be really, really up close and disgusting with people. So, you, on the other hand, you get to put up plants. Yeah, the drug kind. <laughs> what a better response to that. Is this thing they call you like a, a legal, like a legal El Chapo, like a legal drug lord? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I I'll actually, we'll... like some, some days I'll have to go out, actually go to where they're growing it and pick up the samples right from there. That's pretty cool. So to be, to be clarified, if nobody heard before, you accepted a job at a weed testing facility. So, you're technically going to be a plug. 
not, not my dream job, but hey, it's experience in the lab. It's experience, and it sounds like a really good company, so you can't really beat that. No. Well, anyway, uh, female reproductive and weed don't mix, so let's just talk about female reproductive. <laughs> yeah. So, That's... I guess to begin here, uh, we could take a look at the organs. So I want to talk a little bit about the organs. And Wally's going to talk a little bit about the menstrual cycle, the thing that happens whenever the female's body gets really upset it isn't pregnant once a month. And yeah, now we're going to talk about some other things. But for now, we're going to talk about the organs. So, uh, so we'll just, I'm just going to trace the pathway from the innermost portion and to the out. So basically, on in the inside of the body, far in the body cavity, you have the ovaries. And this is the, the, the female, the female gonads. So these are the female sex organs. So this is where uh, gametes are formed. So, so what's a gamete, Walter? It is a sex cell so with only a, half the chromosomes. So it's what, it's half of what becomes a human eventually. At one point you were that, I guess. Two of them, technically. <laughs> yeah, te technically you were two different <laughs> entities that became one. Yeah fused together which we'll get into in a little bit but so that's that's what those that's what those are found and the the ovaries do a couple other things too they also secrete sex hormones which is really important um with development especially with the menstrual cycle which we're going to talk about um ovaries have two kind of layers so they have the outer cortex and this helps with the development of the follicle the, the follicular development Sorry, <laughs> the follicular development, <laughs> and you have the inner medulla, and this contains the blood vessels and the connective tissue. So basically, these ovaries produce the gamete. So once it leaves, it kind of gets picked up by the fallopian tubes. So the fallopian tubes, is, it's the tube that passageway leads from the ovaries, so it picks up the egg, and it, it takes it from the ovaries down to the uterine cavity. So... Um, in the females, the eggs are also called oocytes, and so it travels down there. There's a little bit of development that happens and some differentiation that happens in the, the ovaries. So it gets picked up by the fimbrae, which are on the ends of the fallopian tube, which are kind of like little fingers, just kind of, kind of you know, pull it into the fallopian tube. Um, and then there's a few different parts. So the widest part of the fallopian tube is known as the ampulla. The, it begins to narrow at the isthmus, and then finally the interstitial portion arrives at the uterus itself. So if you look at where we've gone, we take these little cells and we drag them with kind of like creepy-like fingers up on the end of a tube, <laughs> and they go down into the tube, and they, they go along this tube that gets wide, then it narrows, and then it spits it out into the uterus. So the uterus has a couple different parts. So there's the actual body of the uterus, and then there's a cervix at the bottom. So the uterus is where the egg would, would implant. So we'll talk about that during the menstrual cycle, but there are three layers in the uterine wall. So the there's an outermost lining, so that's outer towards the body. So that's, that's the serosa. And then the inner part is made of smooth muscle. Um, it's the thickest of it all, obviously, because it's muscular. It's called the myometrium. And then the, the lining on the inside is called the endometrium. And this is the one, once again, its thickness kind of varies. It gets really thick at some parts of the menstrual cycle and it gets really thin at other places whenever it starts to slough off. So to keep 
going further, trying to get out of the body. Um, you, at the bottom of the uterus, you have the cervix, which is kind of the opening of the uterus. And then beyond that, you have the flexible and muscular vagina, which is kind of what everybody thinks of whenever they think of male, uh, female sex organs, but that's not really it. There's a lot more of it. This is kind of like the tube that, that leads out in the opening itself. And finally, the external portion of these, these organs that you would actually see on a woman is the vulva. So that's the external female genitalia. So these, these eggs leave the ovaries, go along the fallopian tubes, they implant in the uterus, and then that's where they either grow into a kid or eventually are shed off. And they leave throughout the vagina, and then the vulva is the portion on the outside. So if you have um, proper development, which is kind of more of another uh, episode, but whenever um, sexual intercourse happens, the sperm are deposited usually inside the vagina, and they usually swim up. And it kind of depends. There's, there can be ectopic pregnancies if things happen outside of where they're supposed to, but a lot of times in the, in the perfect timing, Generally, there's a little window, I believe it's 72 hours, of whenever the sperm are most likely to interact with the egg. And they usually should hit towards the end of the fallopian tube, like while they're in a fallopian tube, towards the end, to they can also happen whenever it implants in the, in the uterine wall. But after that, it's, it's a couple of days after that, it's really, it can still happen, but it's a lot harder to become pregnant. But that's generally how it happens. They usually enter, obviously, through the vagina. They can get deposited there and then they go up through the cervix and up through the uterus, and then that's where they swim and find the egg, whether it be in the uterine wall, implanted already, or not yet implanted, or if it's in the fallopian tubes. But generally, if you're timing everything perfectly, the fertilization should happen in the fallopian tubes, which I never knew. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I never knew that until... I think I had, like, physiology last semester, and I was like, oh, see, so yeah, it implants in the wall, and you get pregnant. I was like, well, yeah, but it shouldn't, that's not perfect timing. That's like towards the end of it. And I'm like, oh, how about that? Yeah, and it actually is meant to happen in the fallopian tube, and that's where yeah. the zygote forms and moves down. Yeah, I never, I never really like realized that. I thought, oh, no, it wouldn't grow in a tube, but it's like, no, it's not going to differentiate and like expand in the tube. Now, if it gets stuck in the fallopian tube, that's an issue. And if it happens outside the fallopian tube, that's an issue. But if it's not in the uterus. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting when I learned that last semester. I was like, oh, so, you know, implant. Shoots farm in, that's it. No, 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 no. They swim <laughs> up to that area, and it's usually in the fallopian tubes, and that's that's a pretty decent far way in. I mean, there's a this sperm have to. I mean, obviously it's you know, really just a few inches, but you know, for sperm that are incredibly tiny, that's a good that's a good swim. Plus, the inside of the vagina and the uterus is actually very acidic. Yeah, so it's very hard to get through that. Um, and that's why most of them die. And I know that um, if, if you, people always worry about this, if there's like an accident or with like pregnancies and things like that, but sperm can actually live inside the female reproductive tract for up to five days. So the chances are, you know, they, they won't live super long because of the acidity, but um, there's always that chance because they can live up there. They need body temperature to survive and that is body temperature. So, so yeah. Yeah, it's also... Like if we ever do get in the male into the male reproductive system, we can talk about uh, the difference between semen and sperm because the semen 
is all the fluid mixed with the sperm, which actually is an alkaline fluid, so it actually helps them counteract the acidity. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they would die instantly. Yeah, they, yeah, there's like a whole series. They actually go on like a big loop. So like, yeah, you and that's think what your like, prostate glands for. Yeah, everything in the bubble, urethral glands, they kind of just like, as they travel out of the, uh, like out of the actual like sac, they kind of go up through the body a little bit and they just kind of like shoot stuff into them so that it's like, you know, like you're saying, it, it helps um, deacidify it because the, the male urethra is also quite acidic. Obviously, um, you pee out of it, <laughs> so <laughs> that can kill sperm. Um, and obviously for people that don't know, because obviously we all have this question whenever we're growing up and we don't know how females work, the tube that that a, a female would have a kid through is not the same tube that they pee through. It's two different tubes. So that's something that I know some people get a little bit confused with. I know I used to be very confused with that too. Yep, two different openings. Yep, so it's two different openings. And it's kind of weird because males only have one. So it's like, oh, you know, why would, why do we have two? Or, you know, why do, why do they have two? It's like, no, it's just how it works. Evolution, creationism, whatever you want to believe in. That's how it got here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't question it. Just accept it. <laughs> just get that's question right. everything. <laughs> All right. So what happens if somebody doesn't get pregnant and their body gets really mad at them? All right. So there's, well, you're talking about like the, the menstrual cycle which uh, begins when a female goes through puberty. Now, I don't know the exact age. I think usually it's probably around your teens, or early teens, like 12, 13. Yeah, I think it's like 13 to like 18. There's people that have like been late. There's some people that are super early. So that's when you begin your menstrual cycle, and you're going to go through that the entire way until you go into menopause. Very long time. Like 40, 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> It's a long time. <laughs> so it's a 28-day it's a cycle, and it's split into four different phases. Mm -hmm. So the most common one, the one, the one everyone thinks about, is menstruation, which is actually the shedding of the thickened lining of the uterus, the endometrium. So essentially we did that um, analogy last week about, like, it's like the body getting everything, putting up the wallpaper, getting excited, and then realizing it's not getting it, so it just gets mad and rips it all back down. There you go. <laughs> Another one of the phases is the uh, the follicular phase, and this is when the hypothalamus, which is part of your brainstem, if I'm not mistaken, uh, releases follicle stimulating hormone or FSH, which actually stimulates the ovaries to produce follicles, which are kind of like little sacs where the oocytes are housed, the the eggs. So then the next phase is ovulation. <clears throat> this is when a mature egg, after it finishes going through meiosis, is released from the follicle. The follicle kind of bursts and just shoots it out. And if I'm not mistaken, I also didn't look this up, I believe the egg during, like, when you're, when you're developing in your mother's fetus or your mother's womb, yeah, a female produces all of her eggs before she's even born, but they yes. all get stuck in prophase one, maybe somewhere yeah, get arrested. Yeah. Early somewhere on early in, on. In, yeah. So when it comes to this, once it becomes like ovulation, the egg finishes going through 
meiosis inside the follicle and then it gets shot out. And during this period right here, ovulation, like you said, this is the most fertile window. This is when you're most likely to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So a couple checks, prophase one, you're totally correct. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I wasn't sure I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to double check too because I believed it was it was some point in, in meiosis one. Yeah, I knew it was my, meiosis. in meiosis one. I just couldn't remember if it was prophase or not. And remember, that's a bigger deal because meiosis has two. There's meiosis one and meiosis two that it goes through. Whereas metaphase, which is for cells that are not sex cells, so every other cell in your body aside from the reproductive one, those ones only have one mitosis, so it goes through the phases once. And the other check is uh, the thalamus and the hypothalamus. It's not part of the brainstem; it's sort of above the brainstem. So if you cut the brain in half, like, like in between the eyes, if you cut that, it's above it. Okay, but it's still pretty it, close. Yeah, but it has interaction with the brainstem, the hypothalamus, the thalamus, the brainstem. They all interact with each other because that's how our brain works. It's a nuts, but it works great, so we don't complain. All right, I'm still giving myself the win on that one. I give you the win on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing there, um, so whenever your eggs are going through that final stages of meiosis two and whatnot, um, this is actually a leading reason why Down syndrome is such an issue with older females. Because as you age, you've had all these eggs since you were born. Mm -hmm. So these eggs are also aging. So when you're up in your 40s, even your 50s, these eggs have a harder time going through the rest of meiosis. So that can cause genetic defects within them. And that's why Down syndrome becomes a much higher risk as you get older. That's interesting. I know that... Um... I've always heard that whenever you hear people that get they get pregnant at, at extremely young or extremely old ages, and I know that they're also getting pregnant extremely young is a lot kind of similar. And I know that the male has a larger, larger life window. They can produce viable sperm for a lot longer time than females can produce viable eggs, and that's kind of why you see, like you know, these famous like people that have really young wives and they get them pregnant and have kids and they're fine. That's because the, the males have a larger window of their life where they can make good sperm. But at the same time, everything gets old. And there's always a too young and a too old situation for both ends. But, but yeah, so if, if you're a little bit older on the female side when you have a kid, you have an increased risk of some of those diseases. Yeah, it's also because um, men throughout our lives, we continuously produce new sperm, whereas women don't. They are born with a set amount of eggs, and that's it. You're right. Which is, it's very weird to think that a newborn kid has, has all of the eggs that they will ever have. And, and there's millions of them. And they'll only ever shed, you know, several hundred. Which is weird to think, but I don't know. It's not something you think of whenever, like, you think of, like, kids. Because kids are so innocent and young and, and like, everybody attaches, I don't know. One of the biggest things, I don't know if you'd agree with me or not, but one of the biggest things that I see in society that I'm trying to get away from as a as a biologist is the stigmas of, of of sex and things like that because people generally are afraid to talk about it or they're uncomfortable to talk about it or they don't want to say the facts and they don't want to do this stuff. It's programmed in our evolutionary beings as evolution has driven us to reproduce like we want to. So, you know, yes, it's stupid whenever teenagers, you know, get pregnant, but it's how our biology programs us. And it's really just the other factors of our life holding that back. Because, you know, animals don't wait. 
You know, animals aren't like, well, I'm going to go to college. I want to get a good job. And then I'm going to get pregnant. No, they just <laughs> said, well, I'm fertile. She's fertile. We're doing it. Like, that's it. You know, maybe I have to do a dance. Maybe I have to try to beat up that fish to get to this fish, whatever. But they do it. So it's like, you know, you can say people are stupid or whatever that is. It's not really an accurate saying. They're just following their biology. And yeah, on a societal basis, maybe it's not the best idea to have a kid whenever you're 14, if it's possible, you know, or whenever you're in middle school or you're like 17 and you don't have a job yet, maybe it's not the best idea. But at the same time, it's how we're programmed on a biological basis. So there's not a lot of fixing that. No, no. Plus, I mean, as soon as your body goes through puberty, that's when your body is sexually ready to have baby yeah so if you have a female that starts producing these eggs and start having her, her period as it's referred to and if you have a male that starts producing you know sperm um there you go that's what happens that's they want to do that stuff and there's also you know hormones are at play and there's a lot of studies that show that humans also have a little bit of interaction with pheromones too and um I mean, humans are very driven on, we're sight, we, we're definitely driven on that. We have some intellectual and some social cues that also make us more attractive or less attractive to people. But we also don't always, you know, everybody has like their own type of, of woman and their, or, you know, their own type of man or whatever. Where it's like, oh, I like guys with, with accents or I like girls with, you know, wide hips or something like that. And... Some of that is also pro programmed into us on an evolutionary standpoint because it, it, some people are more suited to carry a child than others or more suited and, and those traits are more preferred. So everything and all that, how that works, it's all biological. And yeah, you can pick, you know, oh, I like, you know, long girls or I like dudes with, you know, beards. Like you can pick that stuff if you want. But on a biological basis, we have a little bit of instinct to like, hmm that person is more likely to advance our species than this person, and that we make those decisions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Everything's so like biologically driven. You're right. I like looking at that stuff, because people, without looking in biology, they always say these things, and they start going off on people and say, oh, they're stupid, they aren't meant to be, and all this. And it's like, well, it's their own biology to do that. And we're just trying to overcome it by using dating apps and you know trying to dye our hair and all that like if you look in the animal kingdom which shares the same evolutionary patterns as we do they don't do that stuff you know there's no bear out there that's like oh i'm waiting until i get a good job to have a, a wife you know there's no fish out there that's like i'm going to make myself prettier now some fish do things like there's some fish that will make designs for a woman you know there's birds that that will show off their colors and things but it's not like they're here like changing them you know there's no bird that's like oh tried three times cannot get anybody to to mate with me so i'm going to bake in the sun until my colors change like that's not going to happen <laughs> you know oh absolutely i think it, there's a lot of social taboos though around it all like the whole like mainly religious affiliation say you shouldn't have sex before marriage and yeah, and that's that's another thing that that it's not just a societal or like a I want money first or I want a job first. That also tries to control the biology of things too because people aren't necessarily, you know, marriage is, is totally a religious and illegal construct. It's not really biological because in in biology there's no, you know, hitch like that. In you know in the in the animal kingdom, and I like comparing things to the animal kingdom because I think that in the animal kingdom you have things that happen 
very naturally compared to the unnatural occurrences that happen within our advanced species that we call humans. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, we all do it. We're all guilty of it. We've all been like, oh, yeah, that person is more attractive than that person. Or, you know, I'd, I would never want to be with that person. But this person I have a crush on, you know, that's how we, we work and that's how we operate. It's just things in, in the animal kingdom are just raw biology. And it's interesting to look at that without looking at how amazing somebody's pictures are on Instagram and things like that. Oh, I agree. It shows the underlying causes of why we do things. So, yeah. So, anything else uh, on the female reproductive system that we should mention? Uh, yeah, the last uh, phase of the menstrual cycle. Last, oh, we didn't get to that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, we ended at ovulation, right? Yeah, so there's um, the luteal phase, too. All right. So, in this phase, the corpus luteum forms, and it forms from the ruptured follicle that shot out the egg. And the corpus luteum will release progesterone, which is another female sex hormone. And mm. that helps keep the endometrium thick for the egg to attach. So now if fertilization does not occur, the egg doesn't attach, then this is when menstruation begins again, and the corpus luteum withers away. Mm. And then, of course, the endometrium all slushes out. So, so whenever we say, like, the endometrium... Um, gets thick. It, it gets thick with, with, like, it vascularizes. So it builds out, like, that lining, and it, it gets tons of blood vessels because it needs to support, you know, an egg, possibly, and that will grow into a fetus and so forth. And if, if you don't have it, you don't need it anymore. And when you think about it, it is in a relatively exposed area. You know, this, this, this area does connect to the outside world, so if, if you use the same endometrium every time, it could get damaged and it could get old and it could start to fall apart and that's not good. Whereas if you have a new one every month, it's kind of a design to keep things fresh and keep things good. And, you know, I mean, there's other ways. I'm sure it has come out in evolutionary history. But, you know, that's one possible way to look at it. And yeah, it sucks. I'm sure it's it's painful for females. I know every female is different and some people will say that you know, they get really cranky or they get really upset or they just like candy and just, you know, the social cues that everybody does. And it's kind of understandable because this stuff's really painful and it's your body is literally destroying part of itself that was vascularized. Plus, you got an you influx know. of hormones and other things. Yeah, and, and all these hormones and stuff. So, you know, yes, sometimes people can be cranky or whatever. It's not necessarily their fault. It's just how they work. And, you know, if people are being you know, miserable because they want to be miserable any other day of the week. It's like, okay, this sucks. Stop being this way. But this, it's kind of understandable to a point, you know, like it, this is biology and this hurts. <laughs> and no, this doesn't happen to men. And I don't think all the time we realize it, but in some ways we have it better than that because it's, we don't have this painful thing every month, but you know, we don't have to carry around special little devices to not bleed all over our pants and things. And I'm thankful for that, but also at the same time, um, you know, it's biology. What can you do? No, you can get pregnant. That'll stop it. That would stop it. <laughs> at least for nine months. <laughs> at least for nine months. You are right. But then you got to go through all the pregnancy things and. Yeah. 
So, so that's the menstrual cycle and the female reproductive on a normal month. If pregnancy happens, obviously implantation occurs, the lining is not sloughed off, and the body starts producing hormones to um, help its growth. And it grows and grows and grows, and then eventually um, kids happen. Maybe we could do a, um, what do you want to call that, like a developmental, I like developmental biology. Maybe we could do a developmental biology episode. Yeah, we could probably do a whole episode on fertilization and pregnancy yeah like what happens when he gets pregnant looking at the development because we, we do this in you know i have a class right now we're doing it in neuroscience it was the last exam and it was following just like the differentiation of the different structures in the brain and it's really really interesting because everything starts off as just a, a you know a plate and then it starts to fold into you know like a couple folds and then it goes into a tube and then that's where you're like your nervous system builds from. It's like the tube becomes the central nervous system and the crest, a couple bumps on the tube become everything else, the peripheral nervous system. And it's so interesting because it's so simple. And then things start to just blow up like balloons in different parts of your brain. And that's how your brain forms. It's really interesting. There's definitely a lot to it. Definitely something to be cool to go into. Yeah, we should definitely go into that. So yeah, anything else now on the female reproductive system? No, I think we pretty much covered the basic overview of it now. Like... Like I said, there's a lot more to it. Like the mm. development of the oocytes, that's a whole other thing altogether, how they develop, how they form. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more to it, but we just kind of covered the basics. Yeah, we wanted to cover the organs and the menstrual cycle itself. We'll definitely be doing some male reproductive stuff eventually, as well as some developmental things. But for the remainder of the episode, we wanted to discuss... A little bit of what's going on with the coronavirus, and we also wanted to discuss the state of online classes. So, what are your thoughts on any of the above? <laughs> so first, I was kind of excited about online classes. I was thinking, you know, this could be pretty cool. And now I'm realizing yeah. that I really don't like it. Yeah, I I feel the same. I, I like going to school because I liked... Um, I liked most of my classes and labs this semester. They didn't bother me. I didn't really dread going to any of them. And, you know, I had my my daily lunches and like it was just a decent time overall. I admit that it was a little annoying with my schedule this semester. Sometimes I ended up staying there quite late and I didn't really enjoy that. And, you know, so it is nice to be home and it's nice to not have to worry about oh no i'm gonna be at st francis until 10 o'clock tonight or doing homework till whatever or working on this with somebody but at the same time it's hard to keep track of things with online classes um i don't know if you found that or not but it's it's hard to keep track of assignments and such it is it's i'm so used to the structure of in class and yeah i totally agree now it's just like i'm getting 30 different emails from 30 different people and it's just yeah it's too much. I do that because I have I have some professors that use email. And they'll just send out like a weekly email or whenever we do something. And then I have one professor that uses like the online stuff. The class is already online. So like really all he's done is just made it a little bit better and moved discussion online. Because he recorded all the episodes, all the lectures in case somebody missed class or wanted to go back to it, which is great. And like, he did that even when we were in like real class. And then I have another one that's kind of in between. She just does some lectures and stuff, and it's pretty simple and straightforward. But everybody does it differently. And like sometimes it's like, oh, I'm gonna go on Canvas and see what everybody posted on our online learning thing. And then sometimes it's like, well, there's nothing here. I have to go check my email. 
it's like, oh no, I deleted that email. Like, it is hard to keep track of everything. <laughs> it's a mess. So. It is, and it's too much to handle. So I'm just hoping it goes quick and we can be done and not have to worry. I agree. Um, do you have any tips for people on how to make it through it? Emotional or physical or anything? Yeah, you know, don't throw your laptops. Don't throw the laptops. That would not no. end well. Well, we've only got like a month left, so I guess just power through, really. Yeah, just power through. Um, I find it kind of helpful to keep a like a scheduler, like have like a, I don't know where it is right now, which is a bit of an issue for the pad of later tonight that wants to see what he has to do this weekend. <laughs> but I have a, <laughs> I couldn't find it. Anyway, <laughs> somewhere I have a planner and you can like each, each two pages open up like a book is, is a week. So it's kind of nice. As soon as you see something that you need to do, just write it down. Like put it on that day that it's due and put the time that it's due because everything's time-based now. It's like, oh, is it due at midnight or is it due at 10 or 1 a.m. or whatever? So write down when it's due immediately. And then, you know, if you want to delete the email, you can delete the email. You have it written down and then you can kind of look ahead and be like, oh, yeah, in two days I have this due. And it, it kind of just forces you to do it. If I find that if you put everything in like a to-do list on your phone or something like that, once you do something it grays it out or it deletes it and you can't see it anymore. So you can't really tell what you did and what you didn't do. And that was always one of my worst issues because it's like, oh no, did I do this or not? And like you have 18 assignment fours. You know, every class is like do assignment four. It's like, okay, well, what, what assignment four? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I did that. Like I have a planner I always use for class teacher. Be like, this is do this day. I'd write it down right then and there. But now sitting yeah. at home, I just find it hard to stay focused. I find it hard. I'm like, you know, I don't want to do this. Like when I'm on when I'm on campus, I'm like, all right, I got to do this. I'm on campus, you know. But sitting at home, I yeah. got the TV, got the Xbox, I got my bed. I can go take a nap in, you know. <laughs> See, I I totally agree, and that's why I spend so much time with St. Francis sometimes because I can go out there, sit in the library, and everybody else is around me is being productive, and I don't have to worry about it. Whereas here, my desk is two feet away from my bed, so I can very easily go from being very productive to very not. But I also, I did the same thing as you, because when I'm on campus, I was never, I always use paper notes. And it's like, okay, I switched to it this semester because I was tired of using everything online and they're super helpful to write your notes. Like using your system, like we've talked about it before, it's great. Um, whenever we switched to online, I was like, I don't want to take paper notes anymore. Like why? Why would I sit here with a notebook and a pen, staring at my computer or whatever for three hours, taking notes, this is so boring, I'm tired of it. So I ended up getting a, uh, I got, I found one on sale. I got an iPad, just like the basic model with the pencil, the old generation pencil. And now that's how I take my notes. And honestly, it has improved things significantly. And it, it kind of makes you want to take notes a little bit more. And it's a lot nicer to sit here with an iPad with all my books on it, you know, with all my notes on it. And then I can go sit on the couch and I can be like, oh, I am relaxing in the dark, but I'm also studying, you know? So I find that that helped me a lot with actually motivating myself to do work. Yeah, so. that's good though. I mean, whatever whatever you can do to motivate yourself, keep yourself on track. I agree. Try not to get distracted, even though it's difficult. I agree. <clears throat> it is very difficult. Those are my like two things. I like taking digital notes on the iPad now, and I like using like an actual paper planner to keep track of things. Although I don't use it as much as I should. 
and I still lose track of things occasionally. <laughs> um, yeah, and the only other tip I'd have is, I don't know, try to keep in contact with at least, like, your professor and at least some people, because I know that it's, for, like, the first few weeks, all these professors were just sending out tons and tons and tons of info, like, do this, do this, do this, and you don't really ever think to respond to them or do anything, and then after a while, you kind of feel like you're just, you know, like, you don't really have a professor anymore, you feel like you're just doing, like, an instruction set. Oh, pretty so much. You feel like you're getting out of it. Yeah, and it, it's kind of sucky because you don't really get feedback on anything anymore. So definitely email them and, like, text or whatever you choose to do with your professors. Like, email them or drop in their, like, meeting times. I know I'm not one to do that. Some of my professors do online meetings, and I'm like, I really don't want to do this. It's 8 a.m. I really don't want to look at everybody and look like a disgusting bed slug. No, I don't uh, do it either. Yeah, I, I, I would, I do miss seeing people and I do miss seeing like talking and such, but I was like, I don't, I don't like online stuff. But definitely I try to email occasionally and, you know, if there's like a discussion thread, like try to post in it, it's kind of helpful just to feel like you're on track. And then the professors, I think they kind of know that you're still alive. <laughs> I did that. I, I missed a quiz cause I slept in one day and I forgot about it in my one class and, uh, excuse me. One professor emailed me and he's like, are you, are you all right? Like you missed the quiz this morning and, and we have an exam Monday. Like, please don't miss the exam. <laughs> and I was like, I won't miss the exam. I just slept in today. I, I forgot about it completely. I'll be, I'll be there for the exam. And it's like, oh man, like I appreciated him emailing me, but I was like, oh man, that does look pretty bad. Like if you just have students that just don't do anything, it's like, uh, do you know the class exists? Like <laughs> my emails getting to you? Does your internet work? Like still got to do yeah. things. It, unfortunately yeah. so yeah it sucks but everybody will make it through it um so yeah do you have any more news on online classes or the coronavirus itself no i don't think so i mean just keep paying attention to what the local officials say and pay attention to the cdc's website and the fda and actually if you're mm, going to share yeah. stuff on facebook make sure it's accredited make sure the information is correct uh, yes, I was just going to mention that. I hear so many people at work and at life and all that, they'll just be like, I, I saw on Facebook the other day that they said this. Is this true? And I'm like, probably not, because you saw it on Facebook. Now, if it's a link to I the don't. CDC's website, then yes. Or the WHO, or... Or if they the have links to, to what they're trying to you tell know. you. Yeah, or like Science Direct, some sort of repository of online articles, or you know, the BBC, like some article, you know, make sure it's a decent source. Don't be going off personal posts. Check blogs and make sure blogs are actually reputable if you read something. And remember that opinion pages do exist, on even on the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. And I love the opinion pages, but remember, it is opinion. It's not fact, always. So, you know, if people are on there bashing things, you can take it as a good opinion page, but don't be like, this is fact. You know? And if you're reading the article and there's a bunch of grammatical errors or they're using a lot of, like, swear words, then you can obviously tell it's probably not the most reputable source. Yes. And, you know, if you have an ad blocker and it pops up saying, please unblock us, or if you're, like, going on the New York Times and it says, please subscribe or log in, those aren't bad. But if you get on, it's kind of understandable at that point, but if you get on a website that is, like, 18 ads everywhere pop up you just want a free mac and like all this stuff it's probably not reputable and you can have sucky ads on really good good websites it looks somewhat shady 
But if you see things like that, then try to get off of that too. Uh, you can tell. If they're trying to scam you, it's not a news website. They're just putting news on there to get you to click on it. Yep. And people will take advantage of people in this situation because people are hard on cash and everybody wants to try to get everybody. Oh, yeah. But also, if you see people selling uh, necessity items online or if they're price gouging, I'd report them because that's illegal. Yeah. And don't buy stuff like that. Um, and, and be aware that, you know, if you do have to go out and get something, don't buy 18 cases of toilet paper because there's other families out there that need it too. But, you know, if you do want to go out, um, I know a lot of like places like Walmart are going to start limiting their hours even no, more. No, they're starting to limit how they many people be... could be in a store. Yeah, I heard that. They're doing like LVO Align now. So, you know, try to get there and get what you have and leave. And, you know, try to try to buy for a week or two. Don't buy 18 cans of toilet paper, but if you want to buy an extra roll or two, you know, or an extra pack, try to minimize that stuff. Because it could get worse. It could get a lot better. We don't know yet. Um, but right now, it's looking like things are going to get worse. So you're probably going to want to be in Walmart or in, you know, the dollar store even less next week than you will this week. So, you yeah, know, like you said earlier, don't hoard just, things. Other people need stuff, too. Like, be respectful. Yeah, there's, there's nothing... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with buying an extra cup of coffee or an extra, you know, pack of 10 rolls of toilet paper or an extra jug of water. But, you know, if you go and buy up the entire shelf and that just takes away from other people and then everything you have is just going to, you're probably not going to need it. No. It's not really considerate, you know. Buying a little extra is there's nothing wrong with that. We all realize things can happen and if people get sick, they're not going to be able to go to the store. So I understand that completely. But just be considerate. So yeah, um, I found a little bit of info about the coronavirus out, watching some videos and reading some articles earlier today. Um, I did find out, to go off of our virus episode, it is a positive sense, a single-stranded RNA virus. It has a nucleocapsid and it is encapsulated. So remember, encapsulated viruses are, are technically a little bit easier to kill because once they dry, they die. Once you get rid of that capsule, it dies. Um, which is part of the reason that soap is so effective against killing it. So it's good to wash your hands for 20 seconds. You don't need antibacterial soap, according to the CDC. You just need soap. And hand sanitizer does work if it's on your hands long enough, but if your hands are dirty or you have, you know, grease and things on there, it, you know, can hide some of the virus, and that's not as good. Um, I found out that it, it attacks the... Uh, it attacks the cells in the alveoli of your lungs that produce surfactant. And whenever that happens, um, you know, surfactant is, is built to reduce surface tension. So whenever it's gone, it kind of causes a whole cascade of nasty things to happen within your respiratory system. Um, IL-1, IL-6, and uh, tumor necrosis factor alpha are produced. Those are the ones that go to your thalamus and tell them to turn up the temperature, which is why you have a fever. Um, just a whole stream of things that happen is water goes everywhere basically and that's why it's so hard to breathe and that's why you have a productive cough because you cough up mucus and such um so yeah it's not good not good at all it has a lower death rate than SARS and MERS but also SARS and MERS didn't affect nearly as many people so that could be changing and right now the latest and greatest Evidence says that it came from bats. Stupid bats. Stupid bats. <laughs> and it had some sort of a 
I don't know, people think there's some sort of an armadillo-like creature in between as the intermediate. But I found out MERS, do you remember MERS, like the MERS outbreak, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome? Yeah. It came, it, it started in bats, and before it could jump to humans, it jumped to camels. Really? Uh-huh. And the SARS jumped from humans to tivots, to, to sorry, from bats to tivots to, to What's humans. a tivot? Uh, I'm looking oh, okay. it up. I, it's I like a monkey. Is, um, Sounds like something we'd call a monkey. Civet, sorry, not a tivot, a civet. Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. It's a civet. Civet, not a tivet, civet. Civet, it's a nocturnal mammal. It's found in Asia and Africa. Um, they kind of look like... I'm not a cat. Like, kind of like a cat, like a cat and a raccoon and like an armadillo at the same that time. That thing's really cool looking. It, it is cool looking, but that's what they said. It's a civet, not a tivet. I've never even heard of these things. <laughs> it's a civet. I have heard of them, but like I didn't... When I heard about them in this video I watched, I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Um, I'll put links to some, some good info in the description. Um, but yeah, these things are kind of weird looking. Whenever they're really young, they look like just like cats. And whenever they get older, they look more like, I don't know, like a meerkat, like a fat meerkat. Oh, so they're, they're commonly called civet cats, but they're actually not cats. They're more closely related to mongooses. Mongooses, I see that. Like, they're very much like, I don't know, they're interesting. The The African civet uh, can grow to 16 inches. Their lifespan is 15 to 20 years. That's interesting. Um, holy crap, they can be up to 44 pounds. That's a big civet. I kind of want one as a pet. I kind of do, too. And the length, they can be up to 3 feet long, almost. Gestation period is 60 to 80 days. It's in the Encyclopedia of Life. An Asian palm civet? What is that? Is it a small one? It is a small one. It's only seven pounds. <laughs> Interesting. There's a lot of these things. Is the African civet? That's a big one. Holy crap. Yeah, up to 44 pounds. There's a large Indian civet. There's a small Indian civet. There's a Malabar large spotted civet. That kind of looks like a deer. Nope, they're not. They're illegal. You cannot have them. No, nope. civets may not be imported into the U.S. They are prohibited because they may carry the SARS virus. Ha ha. <laughs> That's on the CDC. That's why. Yeah, because it jumped from bats to them. First darn it, I wanted one. They are really cool. I mean, you could get one and just like paint it like. They'd be cat. like, "What? What is that?" Like, it's a cat. Like. <laughs> <laughs> why is there a SARS outbreak in Shippensburg? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. That's interesting. Mostly nocturnal. It's weird whenever you see like mammals being nocturnal because mammals generally aren't. You don't think of like you think of like reptiles being nocturnal. Like, that stuff's cool. It is. Now I know a new animal. Me too. I've heard of them before, but I just didn't really know. I thought they looked like cats, but I didn't really know. Yeah, I've never them. heard of them, but it does look like a cat. I wish I. Yeah. As a, as a biology major, I sometimes wish I cared more about animals because I really like them and they're really, really interesting. But I just, I don't have to take classes on animals because I'm general to medicine, you know? Oh, yeah. And like you were what? You were geared towards biotechnology for a while. For a while you were geared towards micro. 
So you're not really concerned with this stuff. No, I mean, I still like animals. I still think they're cool, but I don't want to learn, like, yeah. the anatomy and physiology of them. I'd much rather prefer to learn, like, yeah. the evolutionary history and where they came from. That kind of stuff yeah, I like better. I, I like that stuff, too. I don't know. I want to watch... Uh, there's a Domain of Science video on YouTube with the map of biology, and it kind of just explores all the different areas. I kind of like the... I've seen it before, I think. I want to watch it again tonight and kind of see what I need to brush up on because, I, I don't know, your brother's one that always just kills me with that stuff, Ben. As we're, we were sitting playing playing Dungeons & Dragons last week. Yeah, I'm a weeb, I know. <laughs> <laughs> For all the listeners. Yeah, it's fun, I love it. Anyway, um, and like, my friend and I, we're, we're, we're biology majors at St. Francis, and Ben's like telling us all these animal facts, and I was like, we have been biology majors. I've been a biology major for like three years now, and you just switched into one, but you've had biology classes. And I don't know half of anything that Ben's talking about. Oh, he loves animals. And it's like, he just loves, and you're right. He, he knows like reproductive stuff. He knows where they live. Like he knows about snakes and fish and all this stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I am a biology major and I know nothing. And I, it's not really saying a lot because Ben is overly intelligent with animals. But still, I felt bad because I'm like, I don't even know a third of this. <laughs> well, he wants to have an animal like, sanctuary and whatnot, so it makes sense for him. Yeah, he does. I, I don't know. I think it's a good idea. I would like to do the same someday. I always said it'd be cool to live on a farm, but I wouldn't be able to, like, kill anything. I'd have to keep everything. No, if I was going to live on a farm, I probably wouldn't produce food. I'd probably just end up turning into a bunch of animals everywhere. Yeah, it'd be fun, though, because I like, I don't know, I like unique animals, but I also would like to travel the world someday and study animals, I don't know. I just want to go find a civet now. Dude, that'd be pretty cool. A Asia and Africa. I wouldn't travel right now, as in, you probably can't, but you know what I mean. Someday. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be cool. I, I, I don't know. I want to get my PhD someday, and I don't want to get it in, in medicine. I want to get it in something else. And I have a feeling that at the, at the current state of my life, like, if I, if I get to be a doctor and I won't have EA and I have the money and the means and the time to do my PhD, I'd like to either do ecology or microbiology. I think it'd be super interesting. Oh, it definitely would. Like, I love micro and I love immunology and I love, like, virus. Oh, I love virology so much. But I also really, really love, like, like you're saying, like, the evolutionary ecology, seeing how things got to where they're... All that stuff's so interesting. <laughs> and it's like, I got like chemistry and physics are cool, too. And if I weren't going to be biology, I'd do engineering easily. But, like, man, biology is just, oh, it's just There's awesome. so much, though. I mean, like, chemistry, you only yeah. have so, so many elements, you know. And yeah. then, but biology, you have millions of different species of living things. and Yeah. I don't know. I, I've always found this, and, and this is like the high school, middle school biology teacher that you always get it from. But, like, biology is the study of life. And it's everything that's living and everything that's non-living because it interacts with things that are living. So it's really everything, you know, when you think about oh, it, it is. like everything deals with biology, you know, it, it, yeah. Do you want to study streams and wastewater? You can because it's related to biological health. You know, you want to make new drugs as a pharmacist? That's biology. Like everything is biology because everything is either living or non-living and biology is all that. No, you're absolutely correct. Because it's a study of living things in their environments. So guess what? That's their environment. <laughs> oh, I just, I just love it. This podcast, talking to you, 
some of my classes always just get me like so on fire for this stuff. That's how I used to be at McDonald's. We'd sit there and talk about it all night. Yeah, everybody hated us. Oh, well. <laughs> I remember many people would be like, oh, no, Wally comes in later. You guys are going <laughs> to talk. And I'm like, you're dang right. I can't wait till 12. Uh, we just sit there and talk all day about science. It passed the day, though. Like, and... Those days went so oh, fast. Oh, they really did. Yeah, I, I remember um, you were the first person to start talking to me at McDonald's, but we never really talked about science or anything for a while. And eventually, we we were so, with the election at the time, everything was so political. So it was kind of like politics only. And then as that started to wane down, I remember you and I started talking about science online big t- or on, at night when we worked big time because um, nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember whenever we both went to morning shift for a period of time, I hated it at first because I, I didn't know anybody and it was like older people working and I was used to like the high school kids and all that that worked. And I was so awful with it. But whenever you would work, I'd be so happy because we just talked the whole day. It was a lot of fun. Just endlessly. It was. I remember it didn't matter if we were in the same thing or not. We could both be in the kitchen. We could both be up front. We could, one of us could be in the back. One of us could be in the front. And we'd still just talk. <laughs> and and the thing, great. like, when you first ever met me, you thought I was going to be a jerk. And now we, just, now we do a weekly podcast. And <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I always, I think that's so funny sometimes because I'm like, man, one of the closest people in my life when I first met them, I thought they were big douchebags. I, I mean, in all fairness, <laughs> I wasn't back drive through and I hated it back there, so I probably looked like I was unhappy. <laughs> yeah, but you just seemed very, like, you seemed kind of happy, but you seemed very cocky because you were tall and you had somewhat long hair and you had a really interesting, like, kind of a cocky grin. And I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy's like, knows everything, does everything, freaking runs this place. I see how it is. And then I, I met you, and you you were the first person to try to talk to me working there. That didn't have to. Like, everybody else is like, yeah, I have to, like, train you to do this. See, I'm going home. Like, you were the first person to actually, like, hey, who are you, and what do you, what makes you tip? I, I, that's how I am, though. I, like, I meet someone new, and I want to know about them, like, and I'll ask yeah. everything. I'll ask everything about your religion, where you come from, what you're planning on yeah. doing in life. Like, I just, I like to know things. Yeah, I remember that. And people would be like, well, you, why are you interrogating him? And, I, and it's like, well, I don't really mind. I, it's just a question, you know? And a lot of people tend to like that, though. And you, they like you showing interest in them, like. Yeah, it's a good way to, to make people feel comfortable at a job. It made me like the place a lot more. I was like, man, everybody hates me here until you started talking <laughs> to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I think at that point, though, I probably did know everything about that place. Like, I <laughs> Yeah, you did. You just you just were nowhere near as like cocky as I thought you were. I'm like, you just kind of looked like that, and I'm like, oh, okay, I see how it is. <laughs> well, first impressions can be yeah. deceiving. They are very deceiving. Don't judge a book by a cover. No, nah, it's not a good idea to do. Plus, now you do you still look like a homeless man? Yeah, for the most part, my hair. I had my I got my hair cut <laughs> when I was doing my interviews, and now I'm just letting it grow back. Do you do you have any sort of dress code or anything for this job? Ah, uh, not that they told me. So I mean. Really? Yeah, they didn't say anything. They didn't tell me to shave or anything, so. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you're doing lab work, so most likely people aren't going to be like, oh, who's the heavy dude <laughs> with the microscope, you know? That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, and at McDonald's, Donna would always let me get away for quite a while, and then finally she'd be like, all right, you need to cut your hair. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. There's a lot less on that now. Nobody really cares anymore. Good. Yeah, beards, anything. Like, people can do anything they want, really. 
Yeah, I think it was. I think I already quit by the time they started letting us grow facial hair. I can't remember. Yeah, I think you missed it. And I remember that was a huge thing with some of the people because they'd be like, I don't want to shave. And they'd be like, you have to. And they're like, why? And it's like, you have to. It's food. And then after a while, it's just like, yeah, nobody cares <laughs> anymore. It's like, oh, okay. I can't say it. You'll get more people that like it here now because people like growing facial hair. And if it got like a little bit long, they'd be really irritated. No, it's like the whole eight years I was there, I had to shave like every time before I came in. And now I just, oh, I'm yeah. just like, man, pain. the heck with it. <laughs> yeah, I have very crappy growth of facial hair. As in barely any, but it, well, it's not full, but it's like, it's there. And there's some days where I'm just like, oh, oh, well, I didn't shave. It doesn't matter. Like I'm in the back. No one's going to look at me like, you know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I like mine. I mean, or at one point, I'd when I first, shave. I like my beard. When I first started growing it in, it was itchy and all that crap. And then finally it just, now it doesn't bother me. Yeah. If I had, I still have a couple patches on the side that don't grow much. And if they grew stuff, I would let it go. <laughs> but until that happens, I have to hold Mine <laughs> seems more like a goatee. Like, it doesn't really grow on the sides all that much. Yeah. I like it. Well, thank you. I always hear people say that, though, because you're probably like, when's the last time you talked to Wally? And they'll be like, the homeless man. <laughs> like, hobo. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess he still looks like that. I don't know. You're not a, a facial snapper. You're a what's in front of you snapper, so I can never see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I never send pictures of my face. Yeah, I do sometimes. Sometimes I get, yeah. I'm growing my hair out a little bit longer, partially because I feel why not, partially because um, I don't want to go to a barber because they're all closed. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I could do it myself. I could ask somebody I know to do it, but I kind of would prefer to not. So it's like, well, I don't really go out much, and I'm also let it grow because I hate like I like long hair, but I hate the the intermediate phase. I just trying to grow in. Yeah, when it's like, oh, you have a mullet, or you have a <laughs> she man. It's like, oh no. <laughs> and that's whenever I'm like in Walmart, I'm like, excuse me, miss, and I'm like, uh. But yeah, I'm thinking about just like letting it grow, and I'll be like that hairy dude. Do it. See how long I can get away with it, and then whenever I have to do med school interviews, I'll have to shave. <laughs> well, until that point, though, you can grow it out all you want. That's true. If it's kept well, though, I don't know. I just I would be nervous that it would affect my chances, so I would probably cut it. Yeah, I can't say that's why I trim so, mine. Like I trim my beard and I cut my hair a little bit for my interviews. But now that I got yeah, it, just to kind of keep things. All bets are off. Like <laughs> it's it's growing back yeah. out. How long would you let it grow? Oh, I'll let it grow until... Yeah, oh, yeah. I just wish it would grow straight. Mine tends to curl and then start bunching up. And... Yeah, my, mine curls because I shower at night. That's my issue. I'm going to have to change that if I grow a little bit longer. Because I shower and then I go to bed. And then when I wake up in the morning, it curls <laughs> because of my pillow and stuff. And it's like... My, mine differs. Like, I don't... If I... Sometimes I'll shower before bed. And then sometimes I'm like, nah, screw mm. it. I'll shower in the morning. It all depends on yeah. how I feel. I I like to shower before I lay down because then I can get truly comfortable. But like sometimes I'm dead, or it's like super super late when I get home or whatever. And sometimes I get home from work and I feel so greasy and disgusting. But it's like oh, I just want to lay down, so I just lay down and sleep. But also, if it's summertime, sometimes I wake up and I'm even more greasy and disgusting because I sweat. If my house is warm, so it's like oh well now I can go home and well, now I can go shower and wash off everything. Not just work grease and sweat, but my own grease and sweat, you know? <laughs> yeah, now I got to I don't know. I mean, I don't have to go outside pretty much at all. 
Last time I was at work was, um, let me look at the calendar. March 22nd was the last time I was there. And the next time I'll be there is probably May. Yeah, I have no freaking idea. <laughs> Mid-May. I'll probably go back for like one weekend and I'll be done. I can't say as I blame you, like one weekend. I can't say as I can't say as I blame you, though, because, I mean, I, you, I would not want you to get coronavirus because you do have breathing issues. Plus, I really don't want to be at that place. So, yeah. so now I just got a whole month yeah. off. Like, yeah. a lot of game playing. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, finish up school. Don't feel chemistry. Try not to. Chemistry. So, yeah, I don't if I'm like a couple of percentages off from passing, I'm just going to email the professors. I'll email the dean. I'll email everybody. I'll email the president of the university. I don't care. <laughs> Please, like, listen, be like, you let me graduate, you'll never see me again. <laughs> I will be out of your hair. Let's be like, if I do grad school, I'll get my master's here. Let me out. <laughs> <laughs> Like deal with like money. Yeah, hopefully you don't have that issue though, because that would be really sucky if you have to go through all those. Oh, things. it would be. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. But if it does, I'm willing to do it. I'll email everybody and their mother. I'll email the chair, my advisor, the dean, the president, the instructor, anybody else I can find to email. They'll get it too. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Literally everybody. everybody, and I will sit there and fight with them until they give me what I want. <laughs> hey, sometimes you have to do that in school. You gotta fight for your stuff because sometimes people are a little bit apprehensive. Oh yeah, I mean they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't take my chemistry credits from Westmoreland. So I see that. And I was like, you know hard. what? I was like, I'm not redoing it here. I was like, so can you just drop the requirement? And they're like, yeah, sure. I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're a chem major, I get that because they want you to have a chemistry degree from their school. But if you're not a chem major and it's collateral, like you'd think they'd be a little bit more decent. And I understand everything has their own perspective. But you know, if, if you're going for biology and you want to transfer in microbiology, that's kind of harsh because it's like, hey, you know, we want you to have our core biology courses because you're getting a degree from our university. Oh yeah. Because then it's like, well, what if what if you did have a bum professor at a different university and you go get a job and you don't know anything about microbes? It's like, well, now it looks bad on us. So. For that, I understand. But if you're a biology major and you want to transfer in calculus or something, like yeah, they let me count. They let me transfer everything from Penn Highlands, but that one class from Westmoreland, they're just like, nope. I was like, well, unless there's a specific black mark against it, like I can't see why. I don't know. They were like, well, we can't do that, and I was like, well, then I'm not redoing it here. So I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to go. I'm not staying here anymore, please. Yeah, that for that I went to my advisor, then I went to the chair, and then I went to the dean. And the dean's like, "Yeah, I'll waive the requirement." And I was like, "Thank you." If you're decent, there. Oh, you know what I mean? Good. Like, if I had, if it came to it, and I had to email the dean and everybody else, I wouldn't be rude about it. I'd just be like, "Listen, be like, the online was not easy. I did not sign up for it. It was hard to adjust. I didn't do well." I was like, "So would it be possible yeah. just to drop this requirement and just..." To Push me through. Yeah, like I, I want to graduate and I want a degree from your university. Can you help me out here? I've been going here for a couple of years now. Yeah. I think it's with everything that happened. Like, come on. And 
Yeah. It never pays to be mean. Never be mean. Nope. Was there anything else you wanted to mention on this episode? We're approaching, I think we're after our hour Yeah, I think mark, we are. Actually. No, I'm good. Oh, I yeah, guess I'm... Um, good chat. Uh, as always, you matter. Don't die. Oh <laughs> and plants suck. Don't die. Unless they pay for your firstborn child's... That's right. First years. They still suck, <laughs> but they provide whatever. Somewhat. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate the conversation, Walter. It was a nice chat about a bunch of different things. I'm going to get these episodes uploaded soon. And I don't know what we're talking about next week. Do you have any ideas for next week? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we could do a follow-up to this, either pregnancy or Mel, or we could just do something random. Oh, uh, yeah. How about, like, I don't know, maybe, like, some, like, interesting different biology topic. Because I know we always talk about... Um, we always talk about either medicine or humans or school. Like, I don't know. Why don't, we, why don't we do another one of those things we used to do with, like, some different animals? Why don't we do some, like, why don't we do an ecology that would work. episode? But, like, evolutionary. It's like something completely off the wall. Because I know we did evolution, which was a really good Just some, something completely that... off the wall. Yeah, like, we did, uh, we did that evolution. Why don't we do evolution of, uh, civets oh, pick an animal <laughs> let's do civets let's do an episode on civets and their evolution like, yeah, because they, they look like cats from. so that would i'm actually kind of curious that. following it back yeah. how far back do they do they yeah. diverge from cats yeah let's do it sounds we'll do good civets. to me <laughs> all right so join us next time for all, right. <laughs> all right you too have a good week Walter. thank good you you too organic <laughs> bye bye